Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We're focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. FRESH is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness, values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jess Pagoni. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I am the co-founder and CEO of Luna, a technology for the modern employer, enabling flexibility and choice to meet employees' needs as they evolve. Bottom line, we create alignment between work and life to attract, engage, and retain top talent in today's competitive market. Welcome back to the Fresh Takes on the Future of Work podcast. For this episode, I'm going to speak on a topic somewhat similar to what we did for Small Business Week. If you want to check out that episode, go back and look at the episode published on May 4th of 2022. But for today, I'm going to discuss how people's movements in response to the pandemic have impacted cities, small towns, and companies. If you moved out to the countryside, changed states, or switched homes during the COVID pandemic, you are one of the millions that did so. And for this episode, we're going to talk about it. First, let me give some context. Prior to the pandemic, 86% of Americans lived in cities or surrounding suburban areas. So the greater metro areas had 86% of all Americans. High-wage jobs, as well as restaurants, museums, concert halls, and more, attracted many young people to metropolitan areas or career-oriented people. An article from 2020 in the Journal of Urban Economics found that metropolitan amenities charmed many recent college graduates who are willing to swap space and cheaper living for the hum and thrum of the city. However, that all came to an abrupt halt in March of 2020. Many Americans lost their jobs, businesses shut down, city hospitals and their workers became overwhelmed, and even themselves became ill. Those lucky enough to own a second home fled to their beach, lake, or mountain retreats, and those who could bought a home outside their city or even a second home. Some only moved temporarily, others permanently. While I'm sure you know people who did this, or perhaps you yourself did this, we can also see these larger trends in the data. Census data from July of 2020 to July of 2021 revealed that New York City alone lost more than 300,000 residents. Washington, D.C. lost more than 3% of its total population. With remote now an option, people didn't need to base their residence so much anymore on where the office was. Their office was their home. And that had a lot of people looking around and asking themselves if they liked their current accommodations. We'll have to have a separate episode to talk about all the people who, instead of moving, just did home improvements, because I think that rate skyrocketed as well. Okay, so as the pandemic raged on, people kept moving, but they weren't just disappearing. 
where were they going? And how did this migration impact businesses? So as we discussed during our small business episode, the pandemic truly acted as a catalyst for what is called the Great Resignation, but what many more accurately call the Great Reshuffle. Quick recap, people are quitting their jobs, but not work. In many ways, the pandemic harmed small businesses, but in others, it prompted many to open up businesses of their own, monetize, project passions, or even switch fields. A similar pattern is happening with living accommodations, too. Some people left cities altogether, while others posted up in states with less health restrictions. Texas saw over 310,000 new residents, or about an increase in population by 1.1%. In the first six months of the pandemic alone, USPS received 15.9 million address change requests a 27% increase in temporary movers and 2% increase in permanent movers from the previous year. Those are big numbers. By the end of the first year of the pandemic, almost 3 million people had moved out of cities specifically for less crowded spaces, according to an analysis by Stateline. I'm throwing a lot of stats your way, but trying to paint an accurate picture. From my perspective, This living reshuffle speaks to our fresh value of freedom. Platforms such as Zoom, Slack, and Monday, and more that pop up every day have allowed remote work to thrive. They also allow for more flexibility and freedom to workers. As a result, people are seizing this freedom and perhaps moving to places they always wanted to live but couldn't live in before, or maybe rethinking their small apartments in the city and looking for greener pastures, literally. I think it all comes down to this desire to streamline and simplify our lives as well. We'll dive into this a bit more. On each episode of the Fresh Takes podcast, we draw on our values of freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness as guidelines for the future of work. I do believe a large part of the moving trends that we're seeing has to do with people trying to simplify, definitely expressing their desire for freedom, and ultimately coming back to happiness. What do I want in order to live a full and happy life? In an NPR interview with Philip Stokers, an urban planner at the University of Arizona, Stokers reveals that a desire for small-town living has been trending for years. The pandemic, as with every other change, catapulted this trend. In particular, small towns with outdoor attractions, such as river canyons, ski slopes, and beaches, have drawn many city dwellers. With remote work, these employees can earn a city salary while paying for rural living costs. With inflation and the ever-hiking prices of groceries, gas, and especially rent, small-town living has become comfortable living. Small towns aren't the only economical move people can make. Remote work is economical as well. In 2021, Global Workplace Analytics estimated that employees could save up to $4,000 per year by working remotely, as they don't have to spend as much on food and drink and fuel and parking and car maintenance and so on. But what about the businesses that rent in the cities? Aren't they losing money on offices they can't fill? In part, yes. 
if they are still operating on the hope that employees want to come back five days a week, they may be looking at some losses up ahead. But as with anything else, if you don't pivot in time, you might just crash. On the other hand, the same Global Workplace Analytics report found that for every half-time remote employees, employers could save up to $11,000. And many new companies are embracing fully remote work. 16% of companies globally are fully remote, according to an OWL Labs study. While that sounds like maybe a small number, that number is definitely growing. Spotify is one example that gives every employee the opportunity to work remotely, hybrid, or full-time. Yet, companies with urban offices are not the only ones that are seeing changes. So have small-town businesses. One example of a family who decided to join the movement and leave a metro area and migrate out into the more rural areas of New York is the Friedman family. I had the pleasure of talking with Shelby Friedman, a media and advertising executive in New York and mom of three young kids. And here's what she said about leaving New York City and moving into a more rural town in the Hudson Valley. Really, the number one thing that was unexpected is that we were able to make this work right? Like that professionally, we were able to do what we do. You know, our careers didn't change, no change in job. My husband works for himself and I work for a large corporation based in New York City. And that was all able to work. We had really productive years professionally. I think that was maybe the biggest surprise is that that could all happen while we were here and being in person when we needed to be, but that a lot of the work was done remotely. And I think that was honestly the biggest surprise is that that could work. It could work really well, actually. It could work for us personally. It could work for our employers and for the work that we were doing because, you know, we ended up being really productive and being able to put out really good results in that environment. And in the meantime, I just got a better quality of life. Actually, it's not a better quality of life. It's a different life. Better quality in the sense that I feel like we're less on the rat race. And that is another thing that I think is a surprise or maybe an unexpected gain, which is that I don't think I want to get back on that rat race the same way ever again. My life was really like family and work, family and work, family and work. And now I feel like my life has more robustness to it. And that's the most unexpected, but really pleasant result. A New York Times article examined the influx of urbanites to rural counties between Nashville and Knoxville in 2022, and it found that many of the small-town businesses in these counties were booming. The article cites a remote accounting firm, several restaurants, and even a local speakeasy as examples of small businesses that are now thriving, in one case generating almost $700,000 in sales after only opening in 2020. Small Business Survival put out a report on the growing popularity of rural living, pointing to not just the pandemic, but also the expansion of broadband and the internet to these rural areas. This allows for more remote workers to operate in the areas, as well as current residents to access the internet to start their own businesses. Small Business Survival also clarified that this shift wasn't a massive exodus, but rather a subtle diffusion of opportunities to a broader swath of places. This diffusion of opportunities can make a large impact on rural areas. 
however subtle it may be. And especially in these areas that have primarily been experiencing economic decline for the last several decades. Hopefully I've stitched together this picture for you on the opportunities and perhaps insights around people moving from larger cities into more rural areas. What I think is also on everyone's mind is, will this last? Shelby shared some insights into how this all may work from a schedule standpoint for her now that she's living in Pauling, New York, employed by a company in New York City, and trying to manage it, to balance it. Here's her take on how it may work for her for the long term. I think one of the things I really appreciate about the company I work for and the management is that, you know, they really task me with driving an end result. And I'm held very accountable to that end result. That's the culture in our company. But how I get there is left a little bit up to me. And, you know, they have set like flexibility within a frame for me to be able to get that done. So the expectation is that I'm approximately in the office 50% of the time each week. What that looks like can be up to me. But obviously, I need to plan ahead for that. And I think that's a really important thing, too. I work on a team. So it's important for my team to be able to know what they can expect from me. When am I going to be in the office? And so planning out that full month in advance, having consistency where you can have consistency so that your team and the people that you work with know when to expect you is great. But you know, I've also found that what works really wonderfully is that if my child has a dentist appointment, which are always, you know, at 10 a.m. in the middle of the week, the pediatrician, the dentist, they only have middle of the work week days that I can kind of get ahead of that. And I can be at those can't miss moments. Before we sign off today, I do want to bring up one final value of fresh, and that's happiness. At the heart of this living reshuffle, I really do believe that the pandemic has prompted many of us to ask, What makes us happy? How do I want to spend my time? And where do I want to spend my time? And maybe for some, small towns were a temporary escape or perhaps others, a more permanent escape and a place that they can really put down roots and call home. At the end of the day, whether it's a bustling cityscape or serene countryside, employees now have more flexibility in choosing how and where they want to live. In order for companies to keep up, they must be willing to offer some level of flexibility or they're really putting a stake in the ground to say, I want a specific type of employee. And who knows what will happen there with regards to diversity and inclusion within organizations. So very fascinating for us to follow along and see how this continues to unfold For those of you who made the migration to suburban areas or more rural areas, I hope you're enjoying your wide open spaces. For those of you still in the city, I have to say there's still something just amazing about the hustle and bustle that you can't get elsewhere. So enjoy it. And thanks for everyone for listening in. Don't forget to stay fresh.